Hello there. This is an incoming transmission from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Welcome to the Credible Nerds podcast with Mark and Justin. This is the podcast you're looking for. Don't go about your business. Stay here. Well, go about your business and listen. And then you can move along. Move along. Random Inks Productions and the Credible Nerds present Reasons Why the Phantom Menace is a Great Star Wars Movie. Welcome everyone to the Credible Nerds Podcast. My name is Justin. And this is episode 9 of Reasons Why the Phantom Menace Doesn't Suck. We want to thank you guys for joining us here and listen as we talk Star Wars. Uh, like I said, my name is Justin, and I have my fellow Jedi with me, Harry. Hi, guys. And so this episode, we'll be talking a lot about Anakin and Padme and their first meeting and their first adventure. Uh, if you haven't listened to our previous episodes, definitely check them out. Uh, the last one we talked about, Darth Maul. And just how cool he was and how it was great to see him on screen battling and dueling the Jedi. And the one before that, we talked about R2 and 3PO. So definitely check out our previous episodes. This is episode 9, so uh, not too many episodes to catch up. Uh, each episode's about 15-20 minutes long, so they're very quick sound bites, quick dives into the, the film The Phantom Menace, episode 1. And it's a movie that I've always liked and enjoy watching every, you know, four, five, six months. And it's got a lot of great things about it. And I feel like it's often mis misbeligned or um, a lot of trash is talking about this film. When I don't think that it, sh- it should be. I think it's a great movie, a great way to kick off the Star Wars saga. We're introduced to a lot of the, the key concepts, key characters that you know, go on throughout the rest of the saga. So I wanted to address each of those things and, you know, do an episode for each topic. And so that's where we're at. We're talking about Anakin and Padme this time around. So when episode one first came out, we first started hearing, you know, some some of the details at least prior to release. Uh, One of the things that stood out to me was how how young Anakin was. And for a lot of people that was... Uh, a roadblock for them. They wanted to see at least a teenage Anakin or uh, a younger, you know, young 20s type Anakin. But yet here in the film, he's nine years old, maybe 10. And Padme, who we at the time knew he was going to end up marrying and, you know, we were going to have Luke and Leia as a result. And, you know, she's older. She's 12. And that, when I first uh, heard about that and saw that on screen, I thought, well, that doesn't seem right. (laughs) So what were your thoughts, Harry, when learning Anakin is 9, Padme's 12, you know, just the age difference there? What what were your thoughts on that? Uh, The age difference was even more shocking for me because I didn't realize she was supposed to be 12 in the movie until at least a year after the movie was out. In my head, she was always like 16. So it was like extra creepy yeah um because she looks older than 12 yeah. all the time in there yeah um and i think and, in real life i think she was like 14 15 maybe um 
so it was just it was kind of weird um but it was just one of those things like oh well she likes younger guys um always took me back to the joke from um the uh, second indiana jones movie temple of doom when uh, short round tells or maybe he like older women um, <laughs> yeah. and so and that's what i thought um, i was like well this has got to be because this is the only way we're getting Luke and Leia. Yeah. Um, and just kind of accepted it and just whatever. Lucas is weird. Yeah. Um, I think he, at least for this first episode, he was going for, oh, they're just friends. They're going to build this camaraderie. Um, and then later on, it develops into something else. And I, that's one of the things that I, yeah, I wasn't entirely convinced. Um, I guess as I thought about it after the fact and, you know, watched it a few more times, you, you do see that Anakin and Padme do have this adventure. They go on, they, they meet on Tatooine. Um, Anakin helps them. He does the pod race to be able to get them the money to be able to buy the, the hyperdrive parts that they need. And then he leaves with them. And so they have this adventure. They come back, they go back to Naboo. He helps them fight and liberate Naboo. So it's, you know, there's not a lot of romance. Anakin is infatuated with Padme. I think he he shows that when he, in my mind, it's one of the, the best pickup lines in Star Wars. When he sees her for the first time, he's like, are you an angel? You know, that's, you know, ultimate game right there. So you can tell that he thinks she's at least cute. He's interested in her, but unfortunately for him, you know, she's just like, oh, you're a cute little boy. You're so, you know, chubby cheeks, uh, you know, rubs his head or whatever. <laughs> so she doesn't see him in anything else than just this, you know, little little kid. But he obviously has some feelings for her. And I think as you see that more and more, you kind of pick up on that, that, you know, this relationship is just supposed to be a friendship. But I think the fact that all this baggage with it, with that, like you said, we know this is where Luke and Leia comes from, you it's hard to see it just as a friendship. So that's a very tricky line to walk, to walk. And I don't, I'm not entirely convinced that it was able to be pulled off too well. I agree. Um, I sometimes wonder what it would be like to watch the, the first six movies, um, in order for the first time, not having seen episodes four, five, and six first. Um, and what my perceptions would be of the different characters and how I would see the entire story without knowing or the, the foreshadowing that you already know distinctly because it's already happened um, and, and how you would look at it or, or think about it or view different characters. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm jealous of those people who haven't seen star Wars. They're, they're, you know, checking it out for the first time when they start with episode one. Um, every once in a while you hear something on social media where someone makes a post or tweets out, hey, my girlfriend hasn't seen Star Wars. We're going to watch it for the first time. And you kind of see how they're, they're reacting to it. And it's it's interesting to, to see that. And But at the same time, I'm glad I was able to grow up with Star Wars over the last you know 40 plus years. So I wouldn't trade it. But I think our knowledge of the, the movies that come after that were made first, it does color our perception of you know, these relationships and these story points. So that's kind of the the burden we have to bear as older Star Wars fans. 
But uh, they do get off, like I said, they do get off of Tatooine where Rannikin is, is from. With you know, he grew, he lived there with his mother, and he's able to leave with Qui Gon, which is always an interesting part where they're like, "Hey, I just met you. Come, come with me, and I'm going to train you to be a Jedi." You know, what kind of parent would would allow that to happen? So, but that's a, a different topic. So he Anakin's able to leave with Padme and spend some more time with her and get to know her. He gives her the the Chapur snippet, the necklace, as a way you know f- for her to remember him by. And we see all the way up through Episode Three when Padme dies that she has that Chapur snippet with her and is buried with it. So um, I thought that was a a cool thing to add in at the end there at the end of Episode Three. Yeah, I like. Uh... I really like it when they put those little hints and, and throwbacks into to movies, um, the little details that connect the stories. Yeah. So as, as a love story, we don't get that necessarily in this film, but we do get the beginnings of it. We see the, the foundation, we see the relationship um, be formed and how it progresses from there. Uh, and that's something I feel like well, that was missed in the sequel trilogy. I think we kind of get it with Finn and Ray when they first meet. There is a connection there. They, you know, they, they relate very well to each other. And then it doesn't go anywhere. Uh, so I kind of think, you know, what would have been like if Anakin and Padme in the next movie, they were trying to kill each other, <laughs> like Ray and uh, Kylo Ren were. You know, how would that affect the rest of the story? And I think that's a, a drawback of this sequel trilogy is there isn't any type of romance or love story or any type of interest you know, between characters. I think Kylo Ren is interested in Rey, but Rey sees him as the bad guy, which he is. And then there's no follow-up to Finn and Rey in the, in the following movies as far as them having relationships. So... I am grateful that in this prequel trilogy we do have the the romance of Anakin and Padme that they you know that's the love story that's one of the aspects to this this prequel trilogy and I think it's noticeably missing in the sequel trilogy and it's there in the original trilogy we get you know first we get Luke and Han are attracted to Leia and then we get obviously later on Han and Leia as a relationship, so. Yeah, definitely. That was uh, something that was missed in the, uh, the sequel trilogy. They played around with it in the, with like you said, with Ray and Finn, and then then you think maybe it's going to be Ray and and uh, Poe, um, and then maybe Finn and Rose, yeah. and then it just everything's like uh, minor intercepts that just ends and don't go anywhere. And there's no overarching love story where a couple comes out of it. uh, um, And then at the end, you know, well, everybody knows what happens at the end, but we won't spoil it for them. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So, and I think that's Star Wars, right? Um, We saw it in the original trilogy, like we just said, saw it in this film. It's, 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 or I guess we saw it in this prequel trilogy, but then we didn't see it in the sequel trilogy. And I think the sequel trilogy suffers from that. So 
I'm glad that at least the groundwork was laid for for this relationship here. We for get, sure. We get the payoff in episode two. Uh, so to see how this film ends with their relationship and how episode two starts with their relationship, do you feel like their groundwork was laid in this film for episode two and then subsequently episode three? Is that a, a believable transition to you know, 10 years later in episode two for you? Um, knowing that the age difference isn't as big. Yes. Um, and, um, like I said, the first time I saw it, it was a little bit unbelievable, but then, you know, later on finding out like, Oh, she's only three years older than him. Um, and it does make sense because she's only a queen for what? One year. Uh, I think it's or three years, three or four years or something like total. Yeah. Um, so then when she's on Coruscant and he's training to be a Jedi, he's one of the only people she actually knows. Yeah. Um, so uh, the interaction she's going to have with him, there, there could be more of a connection. There could be, that could be rekindled because she's in this unfamiliar place, far away from Naboo. He's far from home, basically friendless for him. Mm-hmm. And um, so you have these two lonely souls um, easily connecting. Um because yeah. they're familiar to each other. Yeah. And I'm surprised they didn't connect before episode two. I would have thought that Anakin would be like, hey, I'm going to go visit my friend Padme, the senator. I'll be back in, you know, in a couple a couple hours. But, yeah. Well, and that could be all down to the uh, living at the Jedi Temple. Yeah. Um, you know, if, you're, if your days are rigidly controlled... Like, I'm going to go visit my friend, the senator, and it's like, no, you're not. You got lightsaber training or, you know, you've got meditation training or Yoda's got you for the next six hours in class. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good point. And I think that's what you're saying there. I think that does set up, like you said, them to be kind of on their own, lonely, not a lot of friends. It does set up for what happens in episode two because then they're like, oh, yeah, this guy, this little kid, he's all, he's all grown up and. You know, there is that room because it's like high school, right? When you're in high school, you would never date. If you're a, a, fre- a senior, you wouldn't date a freshman or a sophomore. But once you're out of high school in your mid-20s and you're, you know, there's a two or three year age difference, it's no big deal. And that's kind of where they find themselves is, you know, so, oh, the age difference isn't a big deal now. And so they're able right. to reconnect and continue their, their friendship. And I think that uh, even without saying, hey, I'm going to visit my friend, the senator, since he's uh, Padawan to Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan has taken a particular interest in uh, the Nubians and the Gungans and um, what's going on with that because of this central role Naboo plays in the separatist movement. Um, So Obi-Wan has probably regular contacts with Padme, and um, he's bringing along little Anakin every time and uh, but at some point a 15 or 16 year olds got a tire of all of that and just want to hang out with somebody a little closer to her own age and just relaxed yeah. and so there's in the background there's the groundwork for what happens yeah yeah so I think there's a, this is a good setup for what we see later on in the prequel trilogy so uh, I enjoyed watching them get to know each other. Uh, I, I do wish we didn't know what had happened later, but 
that I think it would be a little more interesting, but I, th I think it does lay the groundwork for what we saw in the later uh, episodes two and three. So, so absolutely, I agree. Yeah. So we want to thank you guys for joining us here on this episode nine of Reasons Why the Phantom Menace Doesn't Suck, and that is Anakin and Padme meet and have their first adventure together. It's interesting to see them interact and get to know each other and set it up for future episodes. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. Definitely check us out on social media. Uh, go to Credible Nerds on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Definitely support us on Patreon. We appreciate everyone that supports us there. So thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. I'll never understand people's dislike of the Phantom Menace. I loved it. Always have, always will. Yeah. Um, I loved the beauty of it. When you see Naboo for the first time, oh, yeah. um, you see the empire or, you know, the, the Republic that was. So when we see episode four, it starts out on, on, you know, Tatooine and it's just, it's kind of a crap hole. Yeah, it's dusty. Nice. It's, it's worn out. You can tell that it's, it's wore out and seen better days. And then we jump back, you know, 20 years and we see this beautiful planet with, you know, soaring architecture and, and beauty. And, and then even Coruscant is this amazing cosmopolitan place. And then the difference between the Republic and how the whole galaxy has been ground down by the Empire. Yeah. Yeah. The prequels do some great world building. I mean, it opens up the world so much more. I mean, the originals were all, you know, run down and used used spaceships used uh, everything was lived in type thing but you always wondered well what's the backstory to that you know where did that come from where did that look like and we get it in the prequels we get that the origins of everything of almost everything and it's just like you said it's beautiful to watch yeah i mean in the entire original trilogy everything's out of the way yeah um, I mean, we're on Tatooine multiple times. Um, Endor is just, you know, it's a, a desolate, out-of-the-way place. Chosen because it's desolate, out-of-the-way place. Mm -hmm. um, we don't see anything. In Hoth. I mean, desolate. And, well, in Hoth, right. Um, uh, even Bespin. Yeah. It's, it's cool. But you don't even get to see the beauty of Bespin until the special edition. Because yeah. that really made it go, wow. I mean, at least for me. Yeah. Um, it opens you know, it up a lot more. Uh, but it's still, it's this one isolated spot. It's not a whole world. It's a, it's a relatively small colony. Everything's small. It's out of the way. It's or, or very desolate. Um, and like you said, worn and run down. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we see this big wide galaxy where things are new and beautiful and fantastic. Yeah. I mean, and it is the limitations of the time, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, you can... There would, would have been no way other than a matte painting to do any of the shots from Naboo. Yeah. And it, it just wouldn't have worked. Yeah, it wouldn't have looked as good. Uh, and, and even the various worlds. I mean, um, it's hard to show those. Just, I mean, look at the difference between when they made Empire Strikes Back, the, the original one, and then when they did the special edition, what, uh, 10 years later? Um, it was a while. Well... So 80, and then special editions like 97. Okay, so yeah. 70s. So 
but just the, the generational difference in, in technology. And it just completely changed the look of Bespin. Uh, from just sterile white hallways to, you know, this really kind of high-end place to live, um, for scoundrels at least. <laughs> yeah. 